Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Church Australia. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. Now, I need to say right up front that there was a sticky note that was put onto your, um, your outline. If you maybe came as a couple and one of you grabbed an outline but the other one didn't, you're both going to need a sticky note. So if you haven't got one, Sean is ready to give you a sticky note. So if you want to put your hand up and our wonderful welcome team will help you with that. That is brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, we lost... Sorry, our family lost some precious people last year. I lost my, uh, I, I lost my beloved dad and uh, my mum-in-law, who was a good friend, within sort of four days of each other. I think, looking back on it, that I'd been rehearsing my dad's death for quite a while. Um, he was well into his 90s when, he's, when he passed, but I used to think, what would it be like to live without him? You know, wh- what would I say to him? What would he say to me? But, you know, the reality uh, is not like the movie. When, if you've ever been involved with someone who has died of old age, at the time you come to say important things to them, they're not often not in a physical place where they can hear you. But I had to rest in the knowledge that I had told him that I loved him and said what I needed to say to him and and that he was very, very comfortable about his eternal future because he knew God and, uh, and loved him. But I still often imagine what my last words would be. You know, you know, if you had a chance to sort of raise yourself on, on an elbow before you pass from this earthly coil, you know, uh, has anyone imagined what those last words would be that you would say, or am I just the only weird one here? Now, I'll tell Rick to put the bins out, you never forget, darling. It's the only reason I married you. Now, (laughs) but we, you know, you often think, what what would be the last words I'd want to say to my children? or my grandchildren, or what would be the last words I want to say to my beloved partner of <clears throat> so many years? What would be the words that I would want them ringing in their heads whenever they thought of me? Well, you know, the gospel story actually records the last words of Jesus, the last words that he wanted ringing in people's ears when they thought of him. And those words... Um, uh, Hannah used them earlier uh, today. And they are, they are the subject of our last week on becoming. We've spoken about becoming lovers of God, of others, of truth, of purity, of generosity. And all of those loves lead us to the great love that Jesus calls us all to. And they're found in um, Jesus' words in the last chapter of the book of Matthew. 
He says to his disciples, and therefore to those of us here who are followers of Christ, now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach him to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. The Amplified Version puts that verse like this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, an explanation, help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. So for Jesus, the last words that he wanted ringing in his followers' ears was this. Go and multiply yourself. Don't be content just to be my follower. Bring others along with you. You know, I wonder what gives you the deepest and richest joy in life. I'm sure many of you would have different answers to that question. But for me... There is nothing that gives me greater joy than watching people who are far from God get drawn towards the flame of his love. And I absolutely love watching them catch fire with the realisation that they are loved and forgiven and that they have a purpose in life. And you know, that passion is a powerful marker of a disciple. So today, our last becoming for this series is a disciple is becoming a lover of helping others become lovers of God. Now, I tried to find a quicker way of saying that, but I couldn't find one word to express it. A disciple is becoming a lover of helping others become lovers of God. A disciple is infectious. I know that's not a very PC thing to say at the moment. But you know what I mean. A disciple is infectious with a worldview that is attractive to those who are seeking the deeper truths in life. We have so much to share. But why is it that we find it so difficult to talk to other people about our faith? You know, we can so easily feel that, you know, I found God, I'm part of a church that I really love, I'm serving, I'm giving faithfully, I'm working on my holiness. Isn't that enough? Well, if you are there... If that's you and you're secretly sitting there thinking that, well, perhaps you have lost the memory of how amazing it was for you to be accepted by God. How much grace was poured over you and how very lost your friends are without Jesus. If our hearts have stopped breaking for those who are far from God, then can I suggest that we might need a heart transplant? Let me give you just a few analogies of, of the Jesus used. He was trying to explain to someone why is it that he came to earth to tell us about the kingdom of God. And one of the stories he tells is about um, a guy who's out plowing a field. The field doesn't belong to him, but while he's plowing, he, he's a knock and there's something in the ground and it's a buried treasure. So he covers it up again and he goes away, sells everything, I mean everything he owns, to get enough money to go back and buy that field so he can possess that treasure. And then he tells another story about um, a wedding banquet and a homeless man in the street who's, who's covered in sores and he hasn't eaten for weeks and he's, he's almost naked because he has no clothes. And he is invited to a wedding banquet. Can you imagine? He walks up to this beautiful building 
and and they give him a, a set of expensive clothes to wear and they walk him in as a guest of honour and seat him at a table that's piled high with every sort of food he could only imagine. Jesus is just trying to tell us how precious this thing that we have, which is the kingdom of God. We have such incredibly good news to share. And I think secular Aussies are are so open to hearing this. You know, the average Aussie believes that they're born, they strive to survive in a difficult world and maybe they get some moments of happiness and pleasure along the way and then hopefully they die of old age. That's like what the average Aussie believes life is. But I think they are open to spiritual things and I think they are drawn to authentic faith. And in their most private moments, I think they know that there is more to this life than what they see around them. So I just want to share a couple of brief thoughts about being infectious. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah, thank you, thank you. And uh, this topic is so big and so important that we're going to come back to it in May and do a whole, a whole month or so on this topic. So I'm just going to open it up today. So stay with me. Above every other goal that you could set for your life, the most important one for a Christ follower is to point other people towards Christ. We are on mission. Every morning there's a world outside our window. Don't let it pass you by. That is our greatest goal. Now, I'm going to ask you to think of something. I want you to think of some people. A whole lot of faces are going to go flying through your consciousness in a moment. So here we go. I want you to think of close family. Then more distant family. Friends. Work colleagues. People who serve you regularly or that you serve, like, for instance, the barista at your local cafe. Now, here is my big, scary, wonderful thought. Every one of those people has been placed in your world by God for a reason. And the reason is that God can bless them through you that they can see something of the reality of who Jesus is through you. Now, some of you are freaking out at the moment because you're thinking, if people are going to see Jesus in me, then we're really in trouble. (laughs) But don't underestimate the Holy Spirit, what he can do through you. And I just want you to not be scared of that thought, but just relax in it. And allow the beautiful voice of the Holy Spirit to just work with you. You know, what is it that he wants you to say to people? What is, how does he want you to respond to people? How, how are you going to show a bit of the beauty of the kingdom of God in the way that you react? Every one of those people in your life is actually blessed to know you. Interesting thought. But pointing people to Christ is rarely done in this pushy, Bible-bashing way. It is always done by living your life with integrity 
and kindness towards others and acting out of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, being a sweet fragrance in people's lives and maybe leaving a pebble in their shoe. What I mean by that? Something that, you know, when you've got a pebble in your shoe and you, every time you walk you feel it? It's like putting something into people's consciousness that they, after meeting you, that they want to chew over, that they want to think about a bit more. I'm talking about great conversations where you start by asking great questions and being just curious about people's lives. Now, after you, when you meet people, you know, usually we start with a hi, you know, what do you do? And then you, in Melbourne, you've got to ask them what footy team you barrack for. And if they barrack for Carlton, you hate them straight away. You know, it's that sort of deal. <laughs> Sorry if there are any Carlton supporters here. But, you know, if you get the opportunity to go <clears throat> after a few conversations to a deeper level, there's some great questions you can ask. Questions like, what are you passionate about? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What disappoints you the most? And in a great conversation, these questions will probably be returned and asked of you. And you can answer with authenticity and care and without using Christianese language and without sounding like a salesman. You can just talk about the difference that Jesus has made in your life. You can talk about how great the church is. Yes, the church is alive in Australia and real people who aren't weird go to it. Although we are a bit weird. But it's a wonderful, a wonderful place. And... Hopefully, when you talk about those things, it could leave a pebble in their shoes, something that they want to think about and maybe talk about more. And always be on the lookout to where God is already working. You know, uh, us, uh, you know, if we're followers of Christ, we're going into a secular environment, we can have that, God is just entering the building with me, you know. But, you know, God was working in that building long before you came. And we just need to be open our eyes to the Holy Spirit and, and join him in what he's doing. I remember a conversation I had with an acquaintance who used to frequent Varda Cafe as often as I did, which was a lot. And uh, we used to talk about, um, he, uh, he, he was a scuba diver and he used to scuba dive all over the world. And he would tell me that um, he would very often be in third world countries and he was very moved by the plight of a lot of the children that he saw there. And he said to me that he had started uh, financially supporting a small rural school in the Philippines. And I looked at him and I said, John, you are so very close to the heart of God. And he sort of looked at me because... He told, he'd already told me he was an atheist, you know. He, he knew what I did for a living. But it floored him. And I, I would like to think that I left a pebble in his shoe that he, he had to think about. Remember the way that Jesus dealt with curious people. Let's just come and see. Come and see. And, I, you know, I, I really love it when Gateway people introduce me to, to new people or friends that they've just brought along to church. They've done that. You know, I can't answer all your questions, but just come and see. Come and see. And one thing I love about this church is that 
I would happily bring along the most uh, rabid atheists knowing that here they would find love and acceptance and there would be people that would just surround them. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you for doing that. There is so much more that we could talk about. And as I said, we're going to come back to it in May. But just to finish off today, let's go back and do... Because this has been a huge series to start this year. And I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've got something out of it as well. But I just want to do a bit of a, a summary or look at the highlights of where we've come from. So if you've got your outline there, uh, I think we're on the second page. We're going to look at where we've been over the last six weeks. We've used this beautiful image of this sculpture and the fact that God is still wanting to chisel us and work on each one of us. But God's agenda is for each of us to have a life utterly transformed by the power of God. He's not interested in believers. He is calling for disciples, fully devoted followers. And a disciple is on a lifelong quest to become like Christ to become the sort of people for whom living God's way is our natural choice. It's our joy, our default setting. A disciple is becoming a lover of God. They have moved from come and see to come and die. Their love and gratitude to God is so deep that they are prepared to submit all of their goals and desires to his purposes. A disciple is becoming a lover of others. They're learning that humility and service is the way of Christ and their lives are framed by their care of others. A disciple is becoming a lover of truth. They are allowing God to transform their minds as well as their hearts and they're waking up to the truth that Jesus is Lord of this world and we are accountable to him. A disciple is becoming a lover of purity. They have submitted everything to his lordship, including their sexual lives. And they are not content to live forgiven. They want to be holy. A disciple is becoming a lover of generosity. They recognise their place as stewards, not owners of their possessions, money, talents and time. They hold these things loosely. Knowing that God wants to pour his love through them to others. And a disciple is a lover of helping others become lovers of God. This is their greatest joy. So here's the question I ask myself at the end of this series. And I'm hoping you will ask yourself this question as well. Where am I on the journey of becoming like Jesus? Am I moving? Am I changing? Am I open to his challenge in my life? Am I allowing him to chisel me into the beautiful image of Christ that he wants me to be? Or am I just content to accept his saving grace? Hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. But thank you, I will stay just the way I am until then. Dallas Willard, a, um, 
an author that I respect a great deal, said this, and I'll put this quote on your outline because I think it's so powerful. He says, we fail to be disciples because we do not intend to be. We do not um, we do not decide to be. We do not intend to be disciples. It is the power of the decision and the intention over our life that is missing. We should apprentice ourselves to Jesus in a solemn moment. And we should let those around us know that we have done so. Now, as you would expect... I'm going to give you the chance for that solemn moment right now. And it's no coincidence that the end of this series falls on Anzac Day. If you want today to apprentice yourself to the master, laying down the things in your life that you are holding back and accepting his gift of wholeness and change and restoration then would you please agree with me in the prayer I'm about to pray. Can we do that? Jesus, today I want to move from just being a believer in you to being a follower of you. I know I've got a long way to go, but today I joyfully trust the chisel into your hands and ask that you would take my heart, my emotions, my intellect, my sense of self, my sexuality, my generosity, my interaction with others. Take all these and mould them into your image for the sake of the world. Amen. You know, my growth as a disciple has been a series of waking up moments. I said right at the beginning of this series that those of us who have been born again need to be born again, 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 again. And these moments have been times of decision or commitment when I knew that I was taking another step towards Jesus and after that my life would never be the same. And often those moments have included doing something physical. I don't know what it is, but for me to actually move and do something helps to put out there what's happening in here. So here is what I want us to do today. I have borrowed from my good friend Brian Schotter, who is a beautiful woodworker, a chisel and a hammer. These are just symbolic of what the Lord wants to do with you. Now, a friend of mine said he needs a chainsaw. (laughs) Well, if you think you need a chainsaw, that's cool. That's all right too. But it's interesting, when when Jesus calls us to discipleship, it's, it's not an easy thing. A chisel and a hammer can hurt but what he wants to create with you is something extraordinary. So if today is one of those moments of decision for you, you might already be a Christian, but a day when you say, I want to take another step towards you, 
another step to allowing you to chisel me into what you want me to be, then all I want you to do is take that sticky note and just write on it, I'm all in. Three words. I'm all in. Now, please don't do that lightly because when you give permission to God to start chiseling you, (laughs) Brock is laughing because he knows what I'm going to say. Things can start to happen in your life. So if you really want to say to Jesus, today is a day that I want to take another step towards becoming who you've called me to be, and I'm all in. So will you write that on your little sticky note? And just as we're worshipping, just come and bang, just put it on this table here. Okay, are we clear? If moving doing something physical is not meaningful to you, that's fine. This is between you and God. How about we stand? We're going to worship.